Welcome. You are listening to the Cover to Cover podcast, lively conversations with cutting edge authors, hosted by Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Mary is an author, advocate, and educator. Join us to find your new favorite author, book, or inspiration. And now, here's Mary. Welcome to the show. On today's show, I'm speaking with attorney Nancy Smith about a very important subject. Her focus is divorce and um, also about uh, the uh, fact that your company is paying when employees divorce about the cost of divorce to businesses. How, how do businesses mitigate these losses? So, you know, it's a kind of an interesting um, question that most of us don't even think about. But my um, uh, friend and author today is Nancy Smith. She is an attorney licensed to practice in Vermont and New York. She is the chair of the collaborative divorce section of the Vermont Bar Association and leader in her collaborative divorce practice group. She's a member of the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals. She frequently writes and talks about divorce, family law, ethics, and collaborative divorce practices. She believes, and I wish this was out there more than it is, that a good divorce is possible when you show up with humility, compassion, and the correct support. Now, her book is called, you can find it on Amazon and everywhere books are sold, Untangling Your Marriage, A Guide to Collaborative Divorce. So this is a very kind of subject that is not talked about very much. So I'm really excited to be talking about this. Nancy Smith, welcome to Cover to Cover. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited you're here. So, you know, did you know, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, did you know your whole life that you wanted to be a lawyer? Yes, I did know that I wanted to be a lawyer. I did not grow up thinking I would be a divorce lawyer. <laughs> I can't imagine, right? Because <laughs> I don't know, it may be one of those practices that you kind of go, you fall into or you pivot towards as you go through learning. And, you know, this is a very important subject we're talking about because I, I had shared with you before I come from divorce, my parents were not able to have an amicable relationship, which hurt the children, my brothers and I. And um, I, I know that parents, <clears throat> parents don't often think about this when they're going through and they're so hurt and they're fighting and they want to be right and all those other things. Um, so your the one of the focuses we're talking about today is um, how divorce impacts uh, performance at work. So will you share with us in what ways, you know, the employee, the coworkers, and the supervisors? How does all that? Uh, and I was the the numbers are staggering. Uh, the the financial loss per year, right? Right. So I think we got to back up. So before we're workers and employees, we're human beings, and we're in relationship with each other. And there comes a time in at least half of the marriages in the United States. So 800,000, roughly, marriages end every year. So that's a lot of people. It's roughly 50% of the first marriages that end in divorce. So as a human being in a relationship that is in a, in a sense of crisis, where you feel like it's a crisis, because our culture puts so much pressure on people to stay married. And then when you don't, when you don't, um, there's a lot of shame and guilt and remorse about it. And so there's a lot of emotionality connected to getting divorced. And so first things first, you gotta take care of yourself. Um, Self-care is essential. And so when you're working and you're raising, or you're raising children and you're taking care of elderly parents and maybe you're taking care of animals, 
and you've got expectations on you. There's a lot of pressure. So recognizing that you're in a grieving process is really the first and foremost concept that I'd want your listeners to, to understand that if you look at divorce through the lens of grief, instead of through the lens of an adversarial battle with your spouse, where one of you is trying to win something um, that's very intangible, nobody wins in a divorce. And especially, as you mentioned, the children often suffer because they're watching their parents behave badly. And as a parent of young children, or even as an employee, you wanna demonstrate for your colleagues, for your friends, for your family, your community, how to handle adversity and conflict with dignity and mutual respect. And that permeates all aspects of our, of our social fabric. And if you can do that, it's not easy, but if you have support and the correct support, you can get through your divorce in a way where you emerge healthy and wholehearted and a good employee, a better employee, uh, instead of bitter and resentful and not a good employee. Because if you're suffering at home, you're going to suffer at work. And so I think we just kind of know that uh, intuitively. And there's there's a little bit of research to support that. Mm. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, you, you've got some interesting things and important things that you've just mentioned, you know, you really do kind of have to be, and I'm going to put quotation marks here with my fingers, a grown up about all of this and not from the wounded child place where uh, most of us are living. Uh, most of us are living our lives from wounds of our childhood, right? Unless we become aware and grow up and we're able to process those. So it really is important. Parents, adults have got to stop and think, how is this affecting my child? And what am I teaching my child? I need to teach my child con conflict resolution, right? And things along that. So um, does the divorce of a single employee impact the financial bottom line of a company? Um, does it have that much weight bearing on it? Yes, it does. Um, there was actually an article by a fellow woman from Nashville, um, Rosemary Frank, who did a little bit of research. She's a financial um, analyst. She used to be involved in the collaborative uh, movement. And she did some preliminary research just as a financial um, analyst and, and came up with like somewhere around, I think, 60000 to $80,000. Um, you know, for a $60,000 employee, it costs the company about eighty. dollars And that's an absenteeism and presenteeism, which is showing up but not being present in your mind, not doing the work, having to have supervisors cover for you. Um, court proceedings, if you're in court, you have no control over your court schedule. So you have to show up when the judge tells you to. So that often takes uh, a lot of time out of people's days. You've got to prepare with your lawyer uh, in advance of a court proceeding. Um, and and coworkers have to pick up slack. So if you, you know, if you've got an important presentation that's due, but all of a sudden your lawyer calls you and says, well, sorry, you need to be, you know, in court that day, and then you're going to have to pa pass off the work to somebody else. So and it's stressful because people are very sad and they often don't know who to talk to uh, about their feelings. They're very strong emotions, uh, especially when you come to the workforce. So you can see a lot of depression, anxiety, um, just not being able to, to focus and concentrate because uh, it's very stressful when you're going through, especially an adversarial process, which is why I like to advocate for the collaborative law model. And we can talk about that when you're yes, ready. Yes, absolutely. And, and also, 
you know, when you're really upset about stuff, it, it's hard. Most people can't fake it through it. You know, it's, uh, there are those of us who, you know, wear everything where it's going on with us on our sleeve. So it's hard to kind of buckle up and get through and do what you need to do and then fall apart when you're home or outside of your office, you know? Um, so anyone listening out there who works in a company, what can HR or coworkers help, you know, with a divorcing colleague? Great. So I think when people do share that their relationships are, are on the rocks and not going well, I think that's the perfect opportunity for a bit of an intervention. So the more people that understand collaborative divorce as a process, and it's practiced in every single state in this country, it's not a very well-known um, way to get divorced because there's mediation, there's do-it-yourself, there is collaborative divorce, and then there's litigation. And most people know about litigation because that captures the media's attention. And those are the high profile, long drawn out custody battles or, or property battles that people can fight in court for multiple days or multiple weeks. And those cases take a long time. They cost a lot of money. Uh, but a collaborative model, if you understood it and could take a little time to educate yourself about it, um, is an out-of-court settlement process. There are two lawyers that are collaboratively trained, which means they're going to be not aggressive. They're not going to use aggressive language with each other. They're not going to be bullies. They're not going to take advantage of each other. Uh, so the lawyers can actually relax and do their jobs, which is to help the clients through this massive life transition so that they can move away from being entangled in a romantic relationship that's not working and move them and transition them into a business uh, partnership where they could co-parent effectively and not feel all that bitterness and resentment um, that happens if you haven't had a chance or place to process it. And a lot, of, most people just want to be heard. And in, in a long-term marriage um, or even a short term, it doesn't matter how long the marriage is, the losses that are associated with the divorce are many. And that's why I think if you look at it through a grieving process, which the collaborative model does, oh, in addition to the lawyers, there's a mental health coach to normalize all the intense emotions. And there's also a financial neutral to manage the financial um, data collection, which can often be overwhelming for the lawyers and the paralegals and the staff. But you have one person who's a financial person, skillful and trained in um, financial analysis of the data that needs to be considered when you're dividing up property and considering long-term retirement impacts and cash flow. So you have all the professionals that you need in every divorce because every divorce from my point of view is 80% emotional, 10% legal, 10% financial. And you've got to get through that emotional stuff first before you can start making wise decisions about the your future financial security, as well as your relationship with your children, with your ex-spouse, with your former in-laws, with your community. And so you want to be you want to be an educated consumer when you're getting divorced. And asking about collaborative divorce um, is really the first step. And so for yeah. HR people and colleagues or family members, because sometimes people try to be helpful. And they say, oh, you should lawyer up and get the toughest lawyer you can find. And that's out of fear. That's like a fear-based response, which is understandable um, because people often feel like they're being attacked when they get divorced. Because if you're on the receiving end of somebody saying, hey, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore, you feel rejected and you feel um, hurt and wounded. And you're going to want to respond from that, like you said, that angry place of, protection, which is super primal, um, you get, you know, all of your early attachment issues, your abandonment issues that you never want to underestimate the impact of rejection on the human spirit. I mean, that hurts and it, there's science to support that. Um, so you really do want to 
carefully, tenderly manage this time in your life and in the life of your family so that you can be a productive worker, that you can be a good co-parent, that you don't lose relationships with your children because you couldn't handle the emotions that everybody has to experience. I mean, it's a common experience that um, people feel all those, all those emotions, the rage, the sadness, the grief, um, the loss, the betrayal, the rejection, um, the anxiety and the fear about the future because you don't know what's gonna happen. And I think if you could relax a little bit, if the clients could relax, by knowing that they're in a safe container, like a collaborative divorce, where they're going to get all of their needs met, they're, they're going to be heard, the finances are going to be resolved in a way that's going to be good for both people, um, no one's going to win, no, there are no winners in family court, and I, you can ask anybody who's been through family court, even if you end up with more of whatever, either more contact with your kids or more money, people are not satisfied, they're, they're unhappy and pretty bitter. Yeah, and you touched on a couple of things, so so collaborative divorce is not something I, I know. I think people are very aware of that they have that option. So I'm glad we're talking about that. And it sounds like a, a sort of diplomatic mediator type of way to handle things, which is always so wonderful when you've got two hot people, <laughs> we need some cool down people, you know, and, and just being, um, you know, uh, mindful of, of what everybody's going through. And I, I'm so glad to know there are folks out there who that is their specialty for people. Um, and, uh, so what are the four ways to divorce? And, you know, I don't know that I've ever, I thought about it being four ways, you know, before. So I'm interested to know what they are. Sure. So, um, you know, you can do it yourself if you've got, sure. you know, relatively low conflict, you, you know, what's going on. You're both on equal bargaining power. Maybe there's no children. Maybe it's a short marriage. Maybe there's not much to argue about. Um, you can get your forms from your local, uh, jurisdiction online, probably from the court's judiciary website and fill out the forms yourself, do it yourself. Um, that's the, you know, obviously the cheapest version and, um, and you can go on your way. Um, and some people can do that. Um, not many, but some people can. And then the next level up is to go to mediation and mediation is when you also are on equal bargaining power, like you have equal bargaining power in the relationship. And that's a tricky thing because most relationships you have a division of labor in the in the marriage. Somebody's often, you know, more skillful with the money. Other people may be taking care of the kids. So you want to make sure that you have access to all the information and you can make an informed decision. And you could go to mediation with a lawyer or without lawyers. A lot of people just go by themselves because they maybe have one sticky area that they need to have a conversation about. And a mediator is there to skillfully, um, you know, diffuse, like you said, any any strong emotions, but they're not mental health professionals and they're not serving as a lawyer. So they're not giving legal advice. So mediators are neutral and they're going to help you have, they're going to facilitate a difficult conversation. Uh, then the next level up is collaborative divorce, which I like to think of as mediation on steroids. Mm -hmm. And I see it as more like when people know that they're in a little deep and that they need support. And so it's, it's not for everybody, but it is for those people who think, you know what I am, we, we have complicated financial reality. I want it to be fair. I don't want to, I want it to be somewhat, I want it to be amicable. Like I don't want to hate my spouse. I don't want to put all of those years of our marriage into this, you know, into the rear view and, and just say, you know, that whole thing was an awful experience because not all of it is awful. And we all know that. Like when you say you do, and you say your vows in front of, you know, the God of your understanding and all your friends and family, you, most people don't think that they're going to get divorced, but 50% of us end up divorced. 
So if that is going to be the reality, how can we manage it in a way that's not going to feel so awful and that acknowledges all of these losses that we alluded to, like you're losing your best friend, you're losing your lover, you're losing your status as a spouse in society. Somebody's going to be leaving the home, their home. Someone's going to most likely be losing time with their children, and that's going to be a major identity shift. There's going to be, um, you know, dividing retirement assets. There's going to be, you know, changes of where the kid, where are we going for the holidays? Like that's these, where are we going for the holidays is a huge loss. And the biggest loss I think that we don't talk about is the loss of the dream of what you thought you were creating. And that's the one that usually gets people right in the heart. And if you can just sort of tap into that and recognize, yeah, that is a sad thing. Like that's a loss. Like I had some ideas about how my life was going to turn out and this divorce had really was not part of it. And now this is unexpected. I don't want this. You know, somebody, somebody's thinking about it for a year before they have the courage to talk to somebody about it. And then the other spouse often is like, what, where is this coming from? Like it's coming from left field. So we often encourage in our collaborative model, the person who wants it done, they've been thinking about it for like a year, in my experience, before they've finally had the courage to call a lawyer and find out what they can do about it. The other spouse is just hearing about it. So I would caution the person who wants it done yesterday to be like, okay, I need to wait. The courteous thing to do is to wait for your spouse to catch up emotionally and to have the support that they need to realize that, you know, if they don't, you know, if your spouse doesn't love you anymore, like, maybe this isn't the best relationship for me to be in. So it's a bit of a blessing in disguise. It's an opportunity for some personal growth and empowerment. And you could use it as a growth, you know, have your growth mindset on and like move into it with that kind of perspective. And I think you'll come out the other end, you know, way more happy and satisfied. Right. And, you know, there's so many things to think about with all that you're saying and to consider. And yeah, there usually is one that's caught, caught off guard. And, um, or, or really hoping that things will work themselves out and, and that, that that's not really going to happen, you know, um, how does a collaborative divorce support the person getting divorced as well as their colleagues? So is there support kind of built in with all that for those folks? Definitely. So part of when I said originally, like there's 80% of the divorce is the emotional piece. Um, the support that they're getting is having a, a, a mental health neutral who's part of the team. And in some parts of the country, they have a two coach model. Each person has their own coach. And sometimes um, like in Vermont, where I am, we have a one coach model. And the coach is there not to diagnose anybody, not to do couples counseling. You're, you're like, you're over that. By the time you're getting divorced, you're over the couples counseling. Um, and if you haven't, this is an interesting thing. A lot of people are ambivalent where they don't know what to do. Like things are not actually working in their relationship, but they don't know what to do. And maybe they tried counseling, but the counselor wasn't really a good fit. There's deeper dives that you can do to explore if you want to make, you know, totally sure that you're really divorce is your only option. Um, and coming to that from like a discernment counseling or a dialogue counseling, it's a specific type of counseling for people who are considering separating. And not every counselor, just like not every lawyer practices collaborative divorce, not every couple's counselor prepares the clients for divorce and without knowing what to do next, because you might go to couples counseling to reconcile, but if that's really not your goal, maybe you go to counseling to be good co-parents and to work on your communication skills and to build trust and accountability while you're going through a separation. That's a different uh, orientation to approach a, a therapist about. So 
the ones that work in the collaborative model, they all understand that they've all been trained in it. That's what they do. And um, they can help the clients move through all those intense emotions so that they can make good decisions about their money and their children when the time comes. Mm. Yeah, that's, you know, there's a whole lot that you've unpacked here and a whole lot to think about. And, um, you know, we are just about almost out of time. We are talking about untangling your marriage, a guide to collaborative divorce by Nancy A. Smith. And, you know, Nancy, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Maybe they have questions or somebody who might want to, you know, um, hire you for speaking. Sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm on the internet. Um, Nancy and Nancy I Smith, and you can come to my website, nancysmithlaw.com. And yeah, I'm happy to talk with anybody about this. Um, just to circle back the last fourth way of getting divorced is litigation, which is that traditional model. And that's I was like just about other... to ask you about that. I was like, yeah, I, okay, I meant to ask you. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, the, that's old. That's the old school way of doing things. Right. And, uh, that's what, you know, most people do do, but, you know, we've, we've had a wonderful conversation about a very, very difficult subject that affects so many people. And the thing that most people don't think about is how much it affects businesses, corporations, and, um, and colleagues, you know, we don't want to leave the colleagues out because they, they suffer too, especially, I, I would think it'd even be more so when you are very close to your colleague and you're watching them suffer. And, you know, especially if you're an empathic, sim sympathetic person, you know, you tend to take that stuff on. So, uh, you know, that can be hard. I know uh, my husband's had sometimes where I, there was somebody who was going through divorce and, and it was, it was stressful on him. I watched what he was going through, having to cover for this person and uh, let them have a leave of absence for a period of time, you know, so it, it really does have an effect, but um, you know, Nancy has talked about some very important things. And um, if you, uh, I will put her information in the uh, description of the podcast going out. Uh, and you can contact her and go get her book, Untangling Your Marriage, A Guide to Collaborative Divorce. It's on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. And um, Nancy, we'd love to have you back on. I'd be delighted. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. We'll be back soon and have a blessed day and be kind to each other out there in the world. Bye. Thank you for being a part of our audience today. Please subscribe, like, and share the podcast with your friends and tune in for the next episode of Cover to Cover for all things in the author world.